Welcome to Fleet Baptist Church. We hope you enjoy the latest in our teaching series. So I'm excited to, to bring a word for you this morning. We're going to be partnering, we're partnering it with the book Scattered Servants. And we're going to be going through the, the book of Acts together. And Scattered Servants, I can't recommend it enough. I've, I've heard Alan Scott a number of times. And not just... Um, recommending him through his, his teaching and his communication, but the culture that they have created in Northern Ireland is, is incredible. The testimonies have come up, the salvations in schools, in cities, in councils, and the healings on the streets. It's, it's just a, a, a place where heaven is alive. And I'd encourage you just to research the testimonies there because those guys have facilitated that. They planted their church in a pub in Northern Ireland. Now they're the leaders of Anaheim Vineyard in Southern California, but they cultivated something in Northern, um, Northern Ireland, and it's something that to behold and something to, to admire, and it's something that's available for us as a church as well, and it's the culture. So I'd encourage you to read his book, encourage you to, to sign up for, for, well, I think it's today actually, but if you, it's not too late, so sign up if you want to. So I'd encourage you to do that. But out of 2020, we... Um, we we discovered a lot of questions for ourselves and we, we went very deep within ourselves, didn't we? We, we, we partnered with the letters of, of Paul, sorry, who was once Saul, and then we went, we partnered with the, the, the book and the teaching within the Bible of the Emotionally Healthy Church. And the reason that that is so important, the reason that that journey for us will never end because Philippians tells us it will not end until Christ's return, the reason we must always continue to seek to have pure hearts and pure minds and have righteousness within us and to have a a healthy space within us is because this is the dwelling place of Jesus. Within you is the dwelling place of Yahweh, the Holy Spirit. He says, you are temples of the Holy Spirit. Is Christ in you the hope of glory? Therefore, we must pay attention to this because I believe the enemy knows that if you can truly make this place junk free, you can step into a whole new paradigm, a whole new an aspect of your relationship with Jesus that is a huge threat to the enemy. And that is why I believe that it's so bombarded in this day and age, because he knows that if he can attack the inside of you, he can attack the place where you are designed to commune with God. And that's the importance of us looking inwardly on the continual process. It didn't stop in 2020, it carries on for the rest of our lives. And that's what I want to encourage you to continue to do and to resource but moving into 2021, as we go into this next season, we're going into a new series where we're going to be exploring the foundations of church. We're going to be exploring the outward shape of the church. We're going to be exploring what, what it looks like for us to be transformed on the inside to therefore affect everything on the outside. And we're going to be looking at Acts because there's, a lot of, there's been a lot of shaking in the church the last year. A lot of questions about the church. And so we thought it would be a really good idea just to, to go back to the beginning to see what the original intention and the design of the church was meant to look like. And remember, <clears throat> the church is God's idea. So let's explore this together. Let's explore what the heart of the church is meant to look like. Let's explore together what our church is looking like and going to look like together. But let me just start here, okay? So the church we hear is, is, is founded in Acts, but it was, the foundation was laid way back before that. The first foundation to the church, I believe, is the culture that was created through Jesus Christ with his disciples, which was one as a family. He didn't do it alone. 
He did not do it alone. He, he grew a legacy of people to, to, to raise up people that weren't even the, in the right place at the time. He saw fishermen and turned them into mighty warriors, preachers, apostles that went throughout the earth. He did not do it alone. And it's important for you to understand for us today that one of the early foundations of the church was family, doing things together. And he put a culture within those people, a culture of generosity, of kingdom, of living the Torah, of living the Pentateuch, of living the, the Old Testament and fulfilling the laws. He didn't abandon the old way of Judaism. He taught them how to abide in that and he set a whole new culture. He, set, he didn't conform to the status quo. He, he taught them to live a supernatural lifestyle every single day. And Jesus embedded in his disciples a culture which was the original foundation for the church as we move into Acts. So we've got Acts, okay, where, where Jesus has ascended into heaven and you've got Pentecost and that's when they really believe and where we really read that the church started. But we've got, remember, we've got the foundation laid by Jesus and the culture that he embedded within them. And remember, culture doesn't change overnight. Culture is a process, it's a journey, and it takes intentionality. Intentionality every single day. So Jesus has created this culture, he's died and he's risen again, but in between him times of, of in between his rise and his ascension into heaven, he does a specific act, a symbolism, but a supernatural symbolism upon his disciples in John 20, I believe, where he breathes on his disciples. He breathed on his disciples. And you can see the similarity within Jesus breathing on his disciples in the same breath that God breathed upon Adam in Genesis. Jesus breathes upon his disciples. And the word breath is the same word for spirit, the same word for wind. So before he ascends to heaven, he breathes on them, the spirit of the living God. He then gives them instructions to go and wait, to go and wait for the Holy Spirit which is prophesied in Joel, that he'll pour out his spirit on all flesh. So they've got about 120 waiting for this spirit, for another breath from heaven to be blown upon them, to be received by them. And that's when tongues of fire come to the people gathered in the upper room, upper room, paying attention to the instruction of Christ, receiving the power of the Holy Spirit. 120 were waiting in obedience to the words of Jesus. The Spirit of God was poured out upon them. A matter of moments later, they're all accused of being drunk. And then a matter of, and, and then an incredible sermon, incredible preach from Peter. 3,000 are added to their number. So I want us to propose that the first culture, the first foundation, sorry, that Jesus laid for the church was a culture change that was embedded by Jesus, by relationship, by intimacy with God. There's a daily walk. It's a, it's a thing in the mundane. It's the doing the bills. It's doing the shopping that Jesus cultivated within his people. The second foundation that I believe Jesus laid and the second foundation for the church is the spirit of God is the spirit of Jesus poured out upon all flesh to equip you, to empower you. Every single day, overflowing the rivers of living water, overflowing within you by the Spirit to empower you. And why do you think this is? Because it's not by our works. 
The guys had a church to build. They had, a, they had the world to go to. But it wasn't going to be by their works. The fruit wasn't going to come by their works. It wasn't going to be by their schedules, their planning. And these things were all good and we need them. But it wasn't going to be because any of that. The fruit wasn't going to come because of that. The fruit was going to come because of the Spirit. And Galatians 3 talks about that we receive the Spirit by faith, not by anything we do. And Zechariah 4, 6 says this, Then he said to me, This is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by force nor by strength, but by my Spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. They needed the Holy Spirit to equip them to do everything God was calling them to do. And so I believe the first two foundations of church was the culture ingrained by intimacy with Jesus and the disciples, and the second was the Spirit poured out. And I believe that's a sign of every good church. Everywhere I'll go looking for a church, the first thing for me personally is the presence of Jesus. It's the Bethel. And I'm not talking about Bethel in Redding, California. It's the Bethel, the Bet, Bethel. So the word Beit in, in Hebrew means house. And El is another word for God. So it's the house of God, a dwelling place for his presence, his spirit to dwell and remain and rest on people. A second foundation of the church. A spirit is poured out. And for me, God has taken me for a long journey of recognizing that he is not a genie. That he snaps his fingers and, fingers and things are done just instantaneously. But God is teaching me that through his spirit and teaching us through his spirit, there are practicalities in place. You can't just sit back and, and, and do nothing and expect things to change. You have to get up and go. You have to get up and move with him and he'll do the rest. He's got to partner with him. And this is what we're going to unpack today in scripture. Acts 2 42. It's going to come up on your screen. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So we got here some early steps. The Spirit's been poured out. They've had 3,000 added to the number and probably many more thousands added to the number. And so this is some of the practicalities of what it looks like to be part of a church, to be part of the church that Jesus founded, that Jesus moved in. Okay, and we're going to unpack these things. Number one, they devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles and to the fellowship. Now, let me tell you, church, if you are not learning, you aren't growing. It's vital, it is vital that you surround yourself with the word of God, that you are submerged in the word of God, being taught by the spirit of God through the word of God. If you want to hear God, read the Bible. And it's vital that we spend time learning, growing, listening to podcasts, whatever it may be, that we're constantly being exposed to, to the, te the teaching of God in order for us to grow. And if you're just relying on us on a Sunday morning to teach you, that's great. But let me tell you, you're going to be very, very hungry. You're going to be very, very hungry within the week. Let me just challenge you to set goals, to read, 
to absorb, to, to teach, to learn and to grow and to teach yourselves on a daily basis. And afterwards it says, so this teaching and to the fellowship. Okay, so the fellowship there comes back to what I said at the beginning. They did it together. They did it together. They did things together. They didn't go solo. They went to the temple together. They broke bread together. They sought to the teachings together. So I'd encourage you, church, in this time, if you can, where you can, do things together as a family. Another thing, number two. Okay, number two. So we've got number one, devoted themselves to teaching and to fellowship. Number two, breaking the bread together. Together. Communion. Remembering what Christ had done on the cross. Remembering the supernatural implications of the communion within their bodies, within their spirits. They did this on a daily basis. Number three, Everyone was filled with awe. Okay, it says that all the believers were together. Sorry, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Let me tell you, the signs of the church are meant to be signs and wonders. What if we look like a church? What if you look like a person when signs and wonders flowed from your very houses, from your very relationships, from your very workplaces, and people had nothing to say but have awe and their jaws on the floor at the power and the miracles that God has done through you and doing through you? What if we came to church every Sunday and just were filled with awestruck wonder and had nothing to do but praise God for the miracles he did in our lives, he did in our midst? We shouldn't shy away from miracles because they flowed through Jesus and they flowed through the apostles and the early church. And it's a sign. And let me tell you, I heard one guy said um, once, if your life doesn't look like the Bible, there's something wrong with your life. And that's why I encourage you, pursue these things, pray for these things, go after these things. Number four, they sold properties and gave to anyone who had need. So generosity was flowing beyond their words, beyond their pockets, beyond anything. They gave properties away. The generosity was so extravagant, they gave it away. And the more more I think about this, the more I think how far we are from this, or how far I am from this. And let me tell you, Psalm 27 says this, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. So let me tell you, for these guys, I guarantee it was not a burden to give away. It was not a burden to sell properties, to give away the money. But when you're entwined with Jesus, everything is a joy to give to him. That we will be a people. The early church was a church that they sacrificed with shouts of joy. They gave up properties, I believe, with shouts of joy. They didn't do it stumbling their feet across the ground and and reluctantly, but because the presence was so strong and they wanted to become like their father who is generous, above all generous. He gave his only son and more. That it's a joy for them to imitate him and sacrifice with shouts of joy. Number five, every day they were at the temple courts. They were in the synagogue. Every single day. Not because they had to, but because they wanted to. And let me tell you, I know ministries that operate that like this. I know a ministry of Mexico that operate like this. Every morning at six o'clock, they will just listen to the Bible and read the Bible together as a group. And they get accused of being a cult. Let me tell you that this is discipline. This is, 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 isn't lukewarm. This is going after the gospel with all our hearts, mind and soul. That everything else is on the back burner. 
They were in the synagogues daily until they got kicked out, until they, the, the, the Jews wouldn't have them in there anymore. But remember, they were following their lineage of being Jewish people, the same as Jesus. Six, remember it says they're taking bread, they're having bread twice, they're, they're doing communion more and more and more and more. So I'd encourage you, have communion more and more and more. And it says they praise God in that place and each day the Lord added to their number. Church, let me tell you, a church, a church with a zeal for worship and for brotherly love and for family love and for love for God is contagious. And the natural recurrence and reaction for that is for the numbers to be added. And I, I can't imagine they went for a shiny church right here. Yes, we want to do things with excellence. Yes, we want to do things with excellence. Yes, we want to do things with excellence because that's what I believe heaven is. Heaven is extremely excellent. But God is the one that convicts, not man. And in that I mean, the Bible is, has got a lot of weird stuff in it. And God seems to be okay with that. And I think the more we journey out of fearing what people think, the more the kingdom will advance in our lives. So I've got eight pieces down there, and I hope you followed them okay. The Lord added to their number greatly. And I want to sum up these eight pieces that we've just unpacked in Acts, as very early stages of Acts. In all these actions that they lived, and they, they, they believed, and they did, I want to suggest that it's summed up in this Bible verse. It was summed up in this instruction from Jesus, which is Matthew 6, 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. We don't seek the gifts. We don't seek the praise from man. We don't seek the miracles, the signs and wonders. We seek him. We seek his kingdom. Psalm 91, if you want to know what that's about, read Psalm 91. It's exactly that in a nutshell. We seek him, but we don't do it, we don't do it um, individually. We do it together as family. And sometimes family have different opinions to one another. And you don't have to agree with anything I'm saying right now. That's okay. You can still love me. I can still love you. We can have disagreements and we can still love one another. We don't have to cancel each other or move to another church or whatever it may be. Family disagrees, but it still loves, it still embraces, and it still moves on together. Can we have that maturity in our midst? So the early church, transformed by Christ, Every single day, a daily motivation through sometimes the mundane things just from a long walk, from going to the shops, from getting bread and fish, transformed by Christ, the culture transformed by Christ, empowered by his spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit. If you haven't been empowered by the Holy Spirit, I pray that right now you would be baptized within the spirit of Jesus, fully submerged in the spirit of Jesus that will empower you to live in freedom. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is exactly that. Empowered by the Spirit, pursuing the kingdom together as family. Church, I want to encourage you today. Pursue his kingdom above all else. Before anything else, pursue his face. Pursue relationship with him, intimacy with him. 
as we seek to unpack what this church looks like for us. Pray together that we as a church would truly walk in God's intention for us as a family. As Christ who is the head of the church, he is the body, we are the body of Christ. That when this thing truly ignites, hell can't even stand against it. And we believe and we know that fleet will be saved and can be saved with the church embracing the fullness of the kingdom, the fullness of the word of God and the fullness of who you are in him. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, we we love you. We thank you, Lord, that you poured yourself out for the sake of others. And right now, Lord, would you pour out some, some anointing, some special anointing, Father, over Fleet Baptist Church, Jesus, that we would truly grasp the original intention of the, the body of Christ being developed in its fullness of potential. That we would truly be a kingdom-orientated church, that we would truly embrace the ways of Acts, the ways of you, the ways of the apostles, the ways of your children, the ways of the word of God, that we would not put our lives on what another church is doing, but we would put our lives on what the word of God says, what the word of God tells us to do. And Holy Spirit, would you take FBC, Father, and cause it to shine so brightly, cause our motives to become your motives, cause our, your kingdom to be the thing we pursue above all things, that we would, do, we would journey together, we would family together, and we would love one another deeply and love you deeply, Father. And we would see fleet transformed, we would see fleet saved, by the power of your spirit in us, by the power of the intimacy that we each have with you and by the power of your grace. Shift our culture, we pray, Father, to look more like heaven. In your holy name we pray. Amen.